Are we on? Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillah. Wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah. Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. Welcome to everybody uh, for our 99th episode of the Safina Society Nothing But Facts live stream. It's a good achievement, mashallah, to have 99 episodes, to have gone this far. Um, and may Allah ta'ala allow us to continue this and continue uh, doing these types of uh, da'wah initiatives. The live stream has, from 2015, been something that I found was really, really good, but it just didn't have the means to do it consistently and professionally. But now, alhamdulillah, uh, seven years later, we've been able to do it and make it happen. So here we are uh, on the 99th episode. We are on Wednesday, which is Affairs of the Ummah, number one. Number one is Affairs of the Ummah. And number two is our dua that we will recite. Because as you know, Wednesday afternoon, between Dhuhr and Asr, is a time of dua. We should never, ever miss that. It's a time where dua is mustajab. And it was from Sayyidina Jabir ibn Abdullah that he said that the Prophet ﷺ prayed at this hour and the sign of the uh, ijabah was made known to him. And from that time onwards, anytime that I had a need, says Sayyidina Jabir ibn Abdullah, he would make dua on Wednesday between Dhuhr and Asr and a sign of ijabah would be made known to him. It doesn't mean he will receive it right away, but the sign that Allah has answered his dua, has heard his dua, all right, is made known to him. Okay, and these signs from Allah Ta'ala, they come in different ways. So let's uh, open up the iPad here and take a look at news of the Ummah. Does the Ummah have news? Yes, we, our Ummah has some news. And it looks like uh, Turkey, whose initiatives a lot of us have loved, okay, uh, in terms of their prop- allowing Muslims to propagate uh, their... Um, their teachings, their classes, etc. Erdogan had done a lot to open the doors for Muslims to do this. Uh, but apparently the pressures are mounting upon Turkey and they will be upgrading their relationship with Israel. Now, this is affairs of the Ummah. You have to know what's going on in your Ummah. You have to have a clue. And we live here on the earth. So we have to know what's happening on the earth. You may dream and have whatever you want, but dreams and, and, and ambitions and hopes, desires and ideals are meaningless if they don't actually come to fruition. They're not going to come to fruition anywhere except on this earth that we live in right now. So we have to be aware of what's going on. Upgrading relationships will contribute to deepening ties between the two peoples, expanding economic trade and cultural ties, and strengthening regional stability. A statement from the office of Prime Minister Yair Lapid said on Wednesday, after Lapid and Erdogan spoke. Lapid said, am I saying it right? Lapid, Lapid. Restoring ties with Turkey is an important asset to the stability of the region and bears great economic significance to Israeli citizens. We'll continue to work, blah, 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 a bunch of political talk. President Isaac Herzog, he welcomed the renewal, calling it an important development. Why am I even reading this? It's just political talk. You could replace this with any old... It's the same... uh, um, what do they call it? Clips that this, uh, statements that they say all the time. An important development, excellent development, blah, blah, blah. Normalization. Normalization of Israel uh, is, is a problem in the Islamic psychology because 
the origin is not normal. The origin is not legitimate. The origin is not acceptable, right? And so this is why normalization is a problem. Uh, comments. Let's take a look at the comments. Wait, says Ghalib Ali. So Turkey kept perfectly normal relationships with Israel up to 2010, and the rest of the Ummah didn't even dream about it until recently. All right, Turkey has had diplomatic relations with Israel since 1948. Erdogan objected to normalization with the UAE, though. Uh, so, interesting, because of... So, that's one issue that's in our news. Next, Salman Rushdie. Off the ventilator. Suspect charged with attempted murder. We talked yesterday about Salman Rushdie's uh, war that he's been... D- d- tell you me the guy does not look like a demon? Does not this guy look like a shaitan? No offense. All right? But he, and now he's one-eyed. He's one-eyed now. So, um, the blasphemous Satanic Verses author Salman Rushdie, who England made a sir, right? What tells you what, what their agenda is all about. Because the book wasn't even good, right? It's not like it got... Crit- he owes his entire career to the Ayatollah Khomeini. I think Khomeini is the one who put the... The death warrant on his life. The best thing that happened to you is that. No one knew about you before this. Okay. So Salman Rushdie was giving a lecture, and all this happened when I was away. And then a man came and he stabbed him. The governor says he's alive, he's been transported, he's safe, blah, blah, blah. Upon the publication of the Satanic Verses in 1988, Muslim Worldwide were outraged by a character called Mahound. I mean, it's not even clever. Mahound is an ancient Orientalist slur for the Prophet Okay, It was a thinly and perversely disguised representation of the Prophet The name Mahound was used, as I said here, in medieval Christian plays to represent satanic figures originating with the name Muhammad. So we know that. So it's not even original. In the book, Rushdie also gives the name of the prophet's wives and he calls them 12 prostitutes in a brothel. What's wrong with our ummah that this guy is walking around? And he invoked a discredited and false tradition uh, on a so-called satanic verses. Many people think that he came up with that. Ver- he didn't come up with anything. Satanic verses is the set two verses that were attributed to Surah Al-Najm. Right? These two verses that are attributed to Surah Al-Najm. And we showed yesterday, and everyone who discusses this, Allah has made the refutation of this clear as day when He says, Al-Najm is the revelation when it comes down. Okay? He did not make a mistake. And he wasn't tricked. So they attribute the verses into Surah Al-Najm. And at the beginning of Surah Al-Najm, Allah has already addressed the matter. Before they even created the fitna, Allah addressed the matter and finished it off. Pakistan banned the book as soon as it came out. In February 1989, a 10,000-strong post against Rushdie and the book took place in Islamabad, Pakistan. Six protesters were killed in an attack on the American Cultural Center. Okay. 
As the controversy spread, the importing of the book was banned in India and it was burned in demonstration in the United Kingdom in February of 1989, so about a year later, less than a year later, Ayatollah Khomeini, Supreme Leader of Iran, issued a fatwa calling for the death of Rushdie and his publishers and called for Muslims to point him out to those who can kill him if they cannot kill him themselves. All right. That's probably more of like a... Like at the time, Rushdie, uh, Khomeini was sort of dipping in popularity, so he needed a little fight to pick. Okay. In response, the British conservative government under Thatcher gave Rushdie round-the-clock police protection. While police protection, Rush, with police protection, he escaped direct physical harms, but others associated with his book weren't so lucky. Hitoshi Igarashi, the, the one who translated in Japanese, was found by a cleaning lady to have been stabbed in, in Tokyo. Ten days prior... To Igarashi's killing, Rushdie's Italian translator, Ettore Capri... Don't come near this guy, you're going to get yourself killed. The Italian translator was injured in his home, and he was stabbed multiple... Listen, there are some crazies in the home. What can I tell you? Stay away. William Nygaard, Norwegian publisher, he was critically injured. We don't condone this stuff, but be smart, right? You don't condone also someone going around flashing money, walking in Camden, New Jersey flashing hundreds, right? Then he gets jumped. We say, we don't condone the jumpers, but you did something stupid. Likewise, for all you the, making fun of a prophet of a billion people, we don't condone all this killing. But you did something stupid too. You're not some innocent uh, author here. The book's Turkish translator, the fourth guy, Aziz Nesin, the Kafir. He translate this book and you're called Aziz. Uh, well, he could be a Turkish Christian. Uh, was the intended target of a mob arsonist who set fire uh, to the hotel that he was staying in. Okay. Finally, in 2006, the Iranian government withdrew that fatwa on Salman Rushdie and his life returned uh, to normal. Okay. Iqbal Ahmed here. Let's see, hold on a second, because this website... It has these stupid... Hey, Dilly. Your subscribe to our newsletter thing is covering the content. There. Okay, that's better. Dilly Hussein runs this website, if I'm not mistaken. Iran. Rushdie brought the attack upon himself. That's their... I don't necessarily disagree with that. It's, you, know, you don't condone something, but you can bring something stupid upon yourself, right? So let's look at what the Iranian foreign minister has to say. In the first official comment on the stabbing, which left the author of the Satanic verse, uh, Verses author with life-changing injury, I think he lost an eye, Nasser Kanani, he said, freedom of speech did not justify... Rushdie's insult on religion. Of course, can you do freedom of speech? Can you insult the Holocaust? Can you make fun of it, say it never happened, say it was a little blunder? No, of course not, right? You'd be out of a job, out of citizenship, out of everything. So, uh, during the attack on Rushdie, we do not consider anyone other than himself and his supporter worthy 
of reproach and condemnation. No one has the right to accuse Iran in this regard. I'm glad he didn't some issue some wishy-washy, weak statement. Kanani said Rushdie had exposed himself to popular outrage. Thank you. You expose yourself to popular outrage. You walk around Camden, New Jersey, has one of the highest murder rates. And number two, I think, is like Newark. I think Newark used to be number one. We dropped down. And then some different counties in Chicago are number two and three. Highest murder rates in the United States. Walk around flashing hundreds like this. Right? Then when you get beaten up, forget that. I uh, came upon a Humans of New York guy. He said that he had gotten a new job and he got paid for the first time and he decided to clean himself up. So he went got a haircut. He got a new vest and he got new sneakers. Okay? This guy got jumped, jacked on the train. A guy stuck a screwdriver in his eye. They nabbed the sneakers, nabbed the vest, and took the wallet from his pocket. He woke, wakes up in a, in a hospital with his mom crying. His wife next to him. He, was, he had a fiancé. His uh, fiancé next to him crying. What's going on? Uh, well, we'll wait for the doctor to tell you. You're blind in one eye permanently from now on. And the guy says... I thought to myself, should I take the train, have bought these new sneakers and this new vest in this neighborhood? And he said to himself, well, it's only two in the afternoon. So, yeah, no problem. Right? Well, even two in the afternoon wasn't a good idea. So, the point being is that the criminal is guilty. That doesn't mean the victim is always innocent. The victim also, in this case, he was innocent, right? Just not smart. But this case, you're outraging people. I like this statement here. He outraged, okay, he exposed himself to popular outrage by insulting something 1.5 billion Muslims consider sacred. And then you wonder, why did this happen to me? Uh, the Iranian guy says, we had no information about the novelist's whereabouts nor about any uh, uh, attack. Now the suspect, Hadi Matar, sounds Lebanese to be. Uh, the name sounds Lebanese. I haven't read this article before, but the, the Hedi Matar, as soon as I heard the name, I was like, that's Lebanese. He pleaded not guilty to attempted murder and assault. An initial law enforcement review of his social media shows that he's sympathetic to the Iranian Islamic Revolution. So he may be Shia. Oh, he is Shia. Uh, Matar's family in South Lebanon, so Shia, which is stronghold of Hezbollah, supports Iran. Hezbollah said it had nothing to do with the attack. Meanwhile, the U.S. Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, said on Sunday that Iranian state institutions had incited violence against Rushdie for generations, and state-affiliated media had gloated about the attempt on his life. Rushdie, I wouldn't say gloating is not the right character, but you exposed yourself to this. So you're not a victim. Don't stop crying. Rushdie had a bounty on his head, since the Satanic Verses was published in 1988. The following year, Ayatollah Khomeini issued the fatwa to kill the novelist and anyone involved. Now, of course, we in, a, in the Sharia do not allow for extrajudicial, um, what do you call it, punishments. It's got to be through the court of law. If your court of law of your country is not doing it, then tough luck, you just maybe uh, some of the crazies of the Ummah will take care of the issue, but we cannot condone anything like that, just for the record. 1988, Iran's pro-reform government, Mohammad Khatami, distanced itself from the fatwa. 
saying the threat against Roshis was over. However, the fatwa has never been officially rescinded. So he just did the little political thing of middle of the way, which is, I said it, we're against it, but officially we haven't rescinded it. All right, so that's affairs of the Ummah part two. Part three, and I don't have a story for this, but I think it went around. Okay, this is, oh, I do have a story for this. Affairs of the Ummah, item number three. Albuquerque's Shia Muslims attacked. All right, and it has sent ripples of fear throughout their community. So we have here a man, this is from the Middle East Eye. Three Muslim men were killed over a 10-day period in Albuquerque, and one was killed earlier before. It was first at first feared that it was a racist attack against Muslims until it was realized they all shared the same last name, so that somebody was going around those he thought were Shia. Okay. Muhammad Sayyid is a 51-year-old Afghan immigrant was charged with two homicides, potential for two more. So they definitely nabbed him on the two. One, he's probably going to get nabbed. And the one that was done way before, he's also going to... This is old news, but I was away, so we're just... And there was no really news this week. So we're going over the past news. Uh, Sayyid, his name is Muhammad Sayyid. He's an Afghan immigrant. And he is the one who... uh, He went around killing, seeking out Shia Muslims who had Shia-sounding last names... Since his arrest, police have said he knew the victims to some extent and an interpersonal conflict may have led to the shootings. So his daughter apparently married somebody he didn't want to marry. She married someone who was a Shia and he lost it and he started going around killing Shia. So he's basically mentally unstable or dumb. One or the other. We're not really, I mean, because what's the connection? Right? What's the connection? You got your own family business, other people is not their problem. We're not really clear if there was a real motive. Well, now we know the motive. There is a motive. It's very obvious. While some social media users have also claimed the killings could be linked to conflicts abroad, locals told the Middle East Eye there is no significant intra-Muslim sectarian tensions in Albuquerque. Like there was nothing in the community. It was in his family. Okay, It was in his family. It's a family issue. All right. Um, which is funny, why is it that certain otherwise respectable members of the community have issued this this odd thing as if there's like a wave of Sunnis attacking Shias, right? And wanting to have, now get this into our deen and the Shias should give khutbahs in the masajid. What does this have to do with that? You might actually make things worse by doing that. Uh your solution is to teach people the adab. That's it. We have such a, a such loving community, a large Shia community here in Albuquerque. We have good ties and we are good friends. Without there being a Sunni and Shia element. Okay. That this is that person's own agenda. So this is what they're saying here. It makes sense, right? This is that person's agenda. It has nothing to do with the Sunni and Shia of the Albuquerque community. This is her words. Which makes sense. This has nothing to do with a general community um, feud. Okay. According to several of those from the community, Sayyid was allegedly upset that his daughter married a Shia. Despite such comments, both Sunni and Shia Muslim leaders are trying to piece together what happened. 
and bring the community together. We have never had issues. One community member says, the latest killing took place on Friday when Naeem Hussein, 25-year-old from Pakistan, okay, subhanAllah, was gunned down. It's completely meaningless deaths. There's one thing about violence, but there's one thing about meaningless violence. And where you can't even say, like, you know, what's the cause of why you died. I guess for them, yeah, you had the last name that triggered somebody. But how many Sunnis have the name Hussein? His death came just after those of Muhammad Afzal Hussein and Aftab Hussein, who are, one is 27, one is 41, both Pakistan, from Pakistan and members of the same masjid. I'm sure they don't have a huge community, in the, so it's all the same community. Earlier, there was Muhammad Ahmadi, 62, of Afghanistan, who was killed. Okay. They, uh, the Shia Imam there, Imam uh, of the Mahdi Association of Marja'iya, said it's too early to call the killings religiously motivated and caution the community to wait. But now we do have the information that he is killing anyone with a Shia name. Okay. And this Imam, and he says something, you know, like he, you have to give him credit, he's trying not to stoke these flames, and he's saying, a meaningless killing is happening all over the United States. It's not just Sunnis or Shias. Meaningless killings are happening in schools, shopping centers, and in all areas. Okay. I mean, it's a nice way for him to talk in a way that doesn't uh, like inflame, although my view of it is clearly the guy's going after Shia. In New Mexico, there aren't that many Shia. If someone wants to target the Shia then they would have to go to a city with a high Shia population. This is what he said. Fatima Bukhari, who is a Shia Muslim and resident in New Mexico, told MEE that the killing has rattled her. Okay, I've lived here for 15 years. No one ever uttered a word because of my faith or how I practice Islam. I have friends and neighbors that are Sunni. Every once in a while, we send food back and forth to each other's homes. Okay, Something is telling me this was a lone wolf attack. Okay, so... We repeatedly have the same uh, comments from the Shias in that community that there wasn't a communal feud, which is why I'm finding it odd that these community centers across the country are now treating it as if this is a community-based feud that, that developed out of some masjid rhetoric, right? Am I right or am I wrong? I mean, this is like, that's not the case here. This is not that a Sunni imam inflamed people and caused someone for a religious basis, theological argument, to go kill people. So that's not the medicine that's needed here. This is a lone wolf uh, attack, which doesn't decrease any of like, the horror for the victims, but that cure is not befitting here. Like, that's, it's not an issue. I don't see that that's an issue that anyone from the... By the way, like, you think they're friends with us? They hate our theology too, but they haven't called for violence against us. Right, to be fair. What's the guy's name? He's, he's in England. He's very popular. Can't remember his name. There's always videos back and forth going that he said this and someone else responded to him. He's, he's, he's actually pretty smart on some issues. And he's like the, like the, almost like the Hamza Yusuf of the Shia. He's very popular. People love him. And he has videos everywhere. He's British. And he comes to New York all the time, I think. Right? Last I checked, he was in the United States. He comes all the time. And he's got a big following. There's never been violence caused, uh, called by him towards us or us towards him. 
So she says it's a lone wolf attack. You can ask anyone who lives here that we never had any issues before between Sunnis and Shias. Okay. He said here, according to Sikandar Rahman, a Shia Muslim living in New York, he has never heard of any violence taking place against the American Shia population by the Sunni American Shia, uh, uh, American Sunni population. I've only heard of minor stuff. Yeah, we talk, right? We talk. And we, there's always going to be a battle of words because you have different theologies, right? But it's never going to extend to physical violence. Uh, uh, or I should say it has never extended to physical violence. He said that while he had been called a kafir a couple times, there had also been some physical altercations, such as when, where his turba, a small clay rock, Okay, was kicked aside as he was praying. By the way, I knew a brother, I'm not going to mention his name. You all know him too. He goes to Rutgers. He gets into Salah. He sees the turba. Turba means soil. Which the Shia pray upon. The guy, he tells me, I thought it was like a pebble or something in his way, so I kicked it. Right? He's a freshman at Rutgers. He never knew. He doesn't know anything about Shia. He kicked it. Salam out. Nobody said anything, right? <laughs> the guy later on, this blowback comes to him. What did you do? Blah blah blah. They're complaining about you. He said, "What are you guys talking about? I didn't do anything." Right? And they say you kicked the guy's rock. He said, "I had no clue it was his religious symbol." Right? I thought it was in the way. He was genuinely ignorant. Okay, so. To be fair for these uh, type of people, it could actually, we know some case where it was literally out of genuine ignorance that he kicked his thing aside. Okay. Okay. Now, on the flip side of it, Sayyid Jafar, or Fayez Jafar, of New York said, no, he wasn't shocked to hear of the killings. Why? Have you seen one before? Like in the United States? Has this happened before to be not shocked by it? He said, I'm not shocked to hear of these killings. Right? And I'm familiar with the kind of targeted hate crimes against the Shiite community. Here in America? Can you show me one besides this one? He's a, I totally disagree with that take, but it's, it's freedom of opinion. It's a community that is consistently, oh stop, consistently marginalized and isolated for their beliefs. There's a region you're marginalized, your beliefs are uh, pretty offensive towards every Sunni, that's why. Marginalized. Alright, so uh, that's that story. I have nothing to say about that except for the issue of the, the attempt to say that this is uh, emerging out of theological rhetoric that to me is ridiculous and that it was a one-off case and it was a tragedy I and mean, people lost their life for for no good reason and um, that part you can't overshadow that part but for uh, them to go on and say and blame anyone who is uh, speaking about the theological issues is sort of absurd and those lines are not going to get muddied or altered, 
or silenced. Not on our side nor their side. Okay, next, last thing that we're going to read. Item number four for the affairs of the Ummah. There's a devastating drought in Somalia that has reached unprecedented levels. Okay, leaving one million people within the country displaced. And by the way, the attacker on Salman Rushdie is a Shia. For somebody to go out and say, here, these are people full of violence, that's unfair too, right? To jump on it and try to use some, uh, an incident to kick down your, your opponent, rival, or whatever group, it's just not, not going to stick because it's not fair, right? I don't believe at all for one second that she has in their masajid are calling for killing of apostates. Okay, so um, aside from 1989, Ayatollah Khomeini ages ago, doesn't count. So um, you just got to be fair when you deal with these things and not try to use it to milk your your political agenda or your religious agenda. Anyway, it's not going to change anything. All right, Somalia. Devastating drought. Masakin. A million people, subhanAllah, have been displaced. 755,000 people have been displaced inside of Somalia, moving around Somalia seeking water, bringing the total to 1 million since January. SubhanAllah. This 1 million milestone serves as a massive alarm bell. Somalia is going through a two year historic dry spell. This is where these uh, Gulf countries could actually do some help, but they're busy doing other things. Five failed rainy seasons in a row. So they get rain in a certain period of time. They missed five in a row. The UN agency spoke with Hussein, an elderly father of eight. He fled his village. The crops are ravaged. The livestock is dead. The livestock can't drink, can't eat. And he arrived with his family at a camp for displaced people. There's nothing worse than these, uh, these, in these, uh, these camps. Nothing worse. The conditions of these camps, and like it's not a home, it's not, you're not home, homeless and you're not, you don't have a home. You're hanging in the balance. It's miserable, psychologically too. The people left behind have no chance. It's just a matter of time until they die of thirst. Even here, there's nothing. In the camps, there's nothing. These camps are such a... You don't ever want to be tested with this stuff. The number of people facing a hunger crisis in Somalia is expected to rise from some 5 million to 7 million. 2 million in the matter of a few months because of the effects of this climate, uh, this, uh, this drought. Also, rising food prices caused by the conflict of the Ukraine has decreased the amount of aid food that comes in. So if you, give, you donate in charity, the cost of the food, the cost of the shipping, everything has also increased. So less people will get what they need. In terms of climate vulnerability, Somalia is ranked second in the globe. Like Their climate is the hardest uh, to survive in. Vulnerable communities are the hardest hit. Right? Many families are unprotected and displaced and homeless. Terrible, terrible situation. I mean, this is something really worthy of our charity and our support. And there is a regional appeal by the United Nations uh, HCR that Dili Hussein has found it worthwhile that it needs $9.5 million 
and you could try to donate to that. The United Nations HCR, uh, Humanitarian Crisis Relief, I think is what it's called, saying that Somalia is at the top of the list now. While we and humanitarian partners are doing what we can, we don't have enough resources, the guy says. Okay, so uh, it's a regional appeal for the for Africa by the UNHCR, which I'm assuming is Humanitarian Crisis Relief. Okay, subhanAllah. This crisis has refugees everywhere, and whenever you have refugees, you're going to have things trickle down from that because you have... You can have groups taking advantage of these people. You can have kidnappings. You can have human trafficking. So those are our four items of the day from Middle East Eye, from Five Pillars UK. All right. Is there other? Okay, here, let's read this one. All right, let's read this one. We read the news irrespective. We just read the news as it is, irrespective of, you know, Afghanistan starts to implement Sharia punishments in public. Okay. Uh, three people were publicly lashed 39 times after being convicted of adultery. So someone saw them? Because you have to see it, right? Each were given 39 lashes. They were living together unmarried and engaging in a sexual relationship. But where's the visual there? Then there was a second woman who lived with them. And she got 20 lashes. And Oh, okay, the landlord. She permitted this. Interesting. I, I never knew about that being a ruling. Right? Then two men were given 20 lashes too because they robbed, they, they committed some theft. But apparently, uh, there, it wasn't at a certain level. It was under the level of the HUD, so they just got lashes. Okay. That's it. That's the news. Some lashes. I mean, it's just some lashes. The lashes in Sharia, they're, not, they're hardly painful, right? They are painful, but it's not the lashes that you see in the movies where he's pulling the whip back. You can't use anything more than your, your torque of your elbow, and you can't break skin or bones. Okay. So, I don't see that um, it's totally... Uh, Shocking to see. But I guess, you know, the modern uh, sentiments, they get really scared of the issue of lashes. I think it's far better than jail time. Ask a guy, you want to go spend three years in jail or you want to get 30 lashes? He'll tell you 30 lashes, I go home tomorrow. Today, I go home tonight, this afternoon. You get the 30 lashes, it takes five minutes. And you go home. Anyway, there's not time for that discussion. Last issue, Afghanistan has condemned the U.S. for killing Ayman al-Zawahri. Ayman al-Zawahri came with many fatawa that have been considered incorrect. 
uh, calling for killing of kuffar, Americans only, and anyway, they killed him. Okay. I don't want to read the story. I don't know why, but I don't want to read it. Okay, they killed him. Um... So, that's the end of that. Let's go to our chat, and you could talk about anything you want. You could talk about the topics we talked about. If you put your question in, then uh, re-put it in, because as we said, I don't like to scroll up because it causes the whole, the whole uh, feed to be lost. And I first want to, tell it, uh, to uh, thank all of our patrons, and if you want to be a patron of this program, you can join us at patreon.com backslash Safina Society. Again, that is patreon.com backslash Safina Society. Become a patron of this program. Be part of it. Uh, we will be using this program to promote education, ta'aleem, Muslims to learn their religion, uh, to connect with one another, to try to find imams in different areas where our viewers and listeners you know, may be living in. And they are not, may not be aware that there are great teachers. And it is our belief that the heart, the beating heart of the community is dars al-ilm. The dars of aqidah and fiqh. That's the beating heart and that's the source of where we're going to find our benefit. Success is going to be through studying and then acting upon what we study. As Imam Madik said, uh, learn, memorize what you can, remember what you can and act upon it. Allah Ta'ala will put a light in your heart. Make your ibadah in private more than your ibadah in public, and Allah Ta'ala will shine uh, His light upon your heart. So that's our agenda and how we're going to really salvage ourselves in this situation, which is um, very tenuous, the amount of fitna that we have in the world today. Religious fitna, political fitna, all these other fitnas. So let's get to your comments and your questions. Qasim Omar is here, Farah TH is here, Abi KM is here. Uh, Abby KM, what are you talking about? Former Imam of Mecca got arrested. I mean, that sounds pretty drastic. Let's see what she's talking about because that is newsworthy. Imam Mecca arrested of what? Because of political uh, views or what? Who was it? Was it Kalbani? Because he's always always in trouble. All right, Middle East Eye. Former Imam of Mecca, Grand Mosque arrested for ten years. Sheikh Saleh at Talib was arrested with no explanation. All right. What is his issue exactly? Saudi court has sentenced a prominent imam of Mecca for 10 years in jail. What's the issue? This is for challenging these public gatherings. Uh, for challenging the moral decay of Saudi. That's why. The moral decay. Um, thousands of people watch his talks Okay, and MBS, Muhammad bin Salman, the crown prince, continues to drive reform in Saudi, many of it involving the decay or the dismantling of old morals in the kingdom. Okay, and this man called for, uh, he, he gave a khutbah decrying all this, okay, decrying all of these the loss of some of these morals and 
He went to jail for it. So, Susu has a question. Can I draw an image with a smiley? Yes. What you cannot draw is... What is makruh to draw is the full human or animal that could live. That's makruh. And what is haram is to fashion it in 3D. Okay. Thank you uh, to Abi Khan for giving us that piece of affairs of the ummah. Read about the intro to Arabic grammar class. Is it being offered in September? Not live, only the recordings. We're not offering any Arabic this semester on ArcView. We're, solid, we're, con, we're consolidating certain other things, uh, all of our classes, but we're not teaching Arabic uh, until we, we're going to get to it later. We want to do a better job at it, so we're going to do it later. The Saracen said, alcohol will be allowed across the kingdom except in the Haramein Sharifain. Terrible, and not only that, okay, they built an idol to yoga. A place where people could do yoga and Hindus could meditate. And it's, oh, I don't know, 300 kilometers out of, from Medina and Manawara in the middle of the desert. Terrible. Very terrible. What can you do? What if it's a rock with a smiley? It's fine for you to do. What's your prescription, says Sophia, for busy parents to keep a satisfying level of spirituality? That's tough. When you're busy, it's tough. But you got to keep your tongue busy with the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and take advantage of the time when everyone in the house is asleep. That's my, my, my advice to you. That's the only time you're going to get when everyone in the house is asleep. Is there a ruling, says IYI. Nairtural says, is there a ruling for not covering your knees in prayer? If all your trousers are being cleaned, your salah will still be valid, but you should try to but cover the knees out of muraat al-khilaf, respecting the differences of opinion, because some of the fuqaha said up to the knee, some below the knee, but it is valid nonetheless. Chief Latif, people are down here in the south. They're barbecuing all the time. I can't go out to school or to the store without smelling smoke. What about my fasting? That smelling of smoke is excused. Because it's impossible to avoid. Hamza Hussein wants to call in. Um, I don't know, see if Ryan can uh, facilitate that. If not, then we can type the question here. Can I read the morning of God, says Samreen, before Fajr prayer, as I have limited time in the morning to do my ibadah? Yeah, and it, it, inshallah, it should be accepted from you. Uh, as protection for the day because remember morning of God is protection for the day evening of God is protection for the night can you listen to the Quran says Rashid while falling asleep I believe that the Quran should not be listened to as a soothing thing unless you plan to listen to it but if you happen to fall asleep fine because of the Quranic verse recite it uh, you have to pay attention to it so you must make the intention to fall to, to listen if you happen to fall asleep fine but not the intention of this is going to put me to sleep and Allah knows best Farah says how should we in the, as a minority in India deal with all the blasphemies constantly said about the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam 
India is going to be the next, it is the next war zone. I mean, every day I'm seeing something really aggressive being said about uh, the Muslims of India. I, I can't advise you, to be honest with you. I'm not in your situation. But ask, ask some of your leaders. It's a tough situation. Is jumping allowed in the madhahib? Jumping for exercise, cultural dance, fine. As a form of dhikr, it's different. No, many have said it's a bid'ah. And some, as a minority, in my opinion, I believe, have permitted it. Because it's two halal things. But we don't do it. We don't do that. When we do dhikr, we sit in waqar, and we do the dhikr like that. Is making a snowman haram against ijma'? I wouldn't, no, for kids it's halal, but number one, number two, what is haram is some, yeah, for kids it's halal, right? And if you make it with your kid, I don't know that, I don't think that it's going to be sinful because it is, child's play is allowed for, regarding statues. Astatically, get called being sensitive a lot because I tend to tear up easily in arguments. Let's see if there's a this is a continuation. We should try not to argue as much as possible, especially if you get if you get really upset by it. You really should. Which one is that? I think you should not argue. You should try to avoid arguments. But I mean, some people are more sensitive than others. I don't think there's a problem with that. It's just how Allah created them. Some people are very not sensitive at all. Like um, I consider myself one of those who is sometimes not sensitive at all. Sometimes oh, too insensitive. All of the Nebis are masum, correct? Does that mean they're perfect? Yes, they're perfect. Why then did Adam commit the sin of eating the fruit? Good question. So the answer is that A, he forgot. B, he was tricked. He didn't know that people could lie, and Iblis lied to him. Iblis snuck in, was allowed to sneak in, because this is an affair that is destined to happen, and he lied. He told them, it's halal for you now. So it was not a, a, in, in, uh, a, um, an intentional disobedience. Third position, which is a lesser position, lesser held position, is that he had to do this as a small mistake to represent the human element, the non-profit element of his offspring. And then afterwards, he represented the messenger element of his offspring. But that's a lesser opinion. Because a messenger is a messenger at all times. Right? You're not like not a prophet, then you are a prophet. No. So we either say he forgot or he was tricked by Iblis. But in that, in that time, in that place... There, there were no excuses. If Allah disobeyed, you're out of the garden. Period. No excuse. Well, there's no forgetting and there's no being tricked as an excuse. So that's the answer to that. Bushra says, if someone is finding hardship there and difficult to bear and painful, but doesn't disclose this to anyone. Is this contrary to patience? So the, the, it's like this. If you're suffering and you complain to people, but you do not disobey Allah. This is sabr. If you're suffering, 
and you do not disobey Allah and you do not complain to people, that's called sabrun jamil. It's a higher level of sabr. Complaining to the people does not negate your patience at all. Okay. Reed says, do you think I would benefit from watching the recorded Arabic? No, I think you would benefit from watching those and try to read along because try to go to the Arabic, uh, the videos where we're reading from a passage and try to read the passage yourself. Read the hadith yourself, then hit play. That's my advice to you because there's a ton of videos where I'm reading with people. So pause the video, try to read it yourself, then hit play and see if you understood it and you read it correctly. That's my best advice to read on learning Arabic. Because I, I was looking at the classes, like Qasas and Nabiin, yeah. which is a very good one, and Qasas of Asbab and Nuzul. Yeah. Like you go through the grammar rules. Too. Yeah. The grammar rules are mentioned in that. Also, remembrance, I don't go much through the grammar rules, but the remembrance, the dhikr videos, those are also... Because um, in Qasas, you also bring up charts too. Oh, Qasas, yeah, we, we go back to the charts too. Yeah. And the, uh, the booklet. Sophia says, How is ghafla different from having a sealed heart okay very good question there's a big difference the sealed heart is sealed from the truth that means the person has rejected the truth many 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 times in a row until his heart is sealed completely very bad no good ghafla is one who has accepted the truth but he's not putting effort in ibadah that's the difference so the ghafil, his, the, the cure to that is to remember Allah much. That's it. That's how simple it is. And the best way to do that is to keep the company of those who are remembering Allah much. What do we mean by that? Who, those who pray in the masajid. Pray in mosques. Dino says, the prophets are corrected shortly thereafter and the corrected is documented so there's no way their mistakes can mislead us yes that is correct but also that any mistake of a prophet is of the worldly matters it's of worldly matters not of religious matters okay so it wouldn't be considered like a misguided error it would just be considered a judgment a human judgment to show us the adab of having human judgments and someone coming with a better uh, suggestion. So the Prophet ﷺ wanted to pitch camp for the Battle of Badr in the famous example. Another Sahabi said, is this revelation or is this your judgment? So they knew there's a difference. He said, it's my judgment. He said, then there's a well up further up a little bit. We should go there and block the well. So the Prophet said, yes, let's do that. So in that case, uh, the Prophet, this happened to show us the adab that the leader can accept advice from the follower. And this is of worldly matters, not religious matters. Can you listen to the Qur'an while doing chores? If the chores are mindless and you're able to focus, then the answer is yes. Can you do a podcast on tahajjud? Yes, definitely we will. TMZ says, after learning the Fardain, what should we learn after, if we want to become scholars? You should study Aqidah first. Study Aqidah first. And this coming September 18th, we launch... Uh, Sheikh Murad's Atiqida class for adults. What is the fiqh on typing the salam? Can you simply say salam? Yes, you can, because the angel said to the Prophet Ibrahim, Qalu salama, qala salamun minkum, qawmu munkarun. Right? Uh, 
how did the angels, when they came to Prophet Ibrahim, what did they say? They said, Salam. They didn't say, Assalamu alaikum or Assalamu alaikum. So to simply say Salam is acceptable as a greeting, coming and going. Hamza Hussein said, I started posting a reminder to make dua on Wednesdays. A friend of mine who's a student of knowledge told me not to do so because according to ulama, it's not necessarily a sunnah. It, of course it's a sunnah. It's a, it's a haqiqah that dua was answered at that time and Jabir ibn Abdullah considered if Allah answers the dua of the Prophet at a certain time, then that time will always be a time of answering dua. So, your friend, don't listen to him. This is a very, uh, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to uh, name groups, but you know what I'm about to say. Does, is exaggeration a type of lying? Yes, it is a little bit of a type of lying. But sometimes exaggeration or hyperbole is acceptable if it's not something that happened or didn't happen. For example, if I say, this chai is the best chai I've ever drank in my whole life, right? To, to make someone happy. Those, those exaggerations are acceptable. It's not like an event that happened or didn't happen. Um, yeah. Can it also be done like when the Prophet said it? Like, um, the people who don't pray in the masjid to uh, yeah. burn their homes? Correct. Because yeah. um, that's not an incident that happens. Yeah. yeah. Sheikh Murad was telling us that apparently when the Circassians first became Muslim, yeah. um, when they're very zealous about the deen, and what would happen is that if someone didn't pray for a couple of Fridays, yeah. they would go and they'd literally burn their house. Oh my God. That's crazy. Dino Pulveria says, Palavra says, you can listen to the Quran when doing easy tasks that don't require focus. That's correct. Aframan says, a bit late, but hey, better late than never. Yes. Hamza Hussein, should I stop posting the reminder to avoid disagreement with someone more knowledgeable? I wouldn't. I, I mean, if it's like your uncle and he's going to get upset or your dad. But no, this is acceptable across the board. He's got some other bizarre odd view Hassan Khan I had question please in the UK hospital doctors are required to fill in a form so a deceased patient can be cremated no you cannot fill in that form it is haram you have somebody else take, get involved you don't get involved the cremation of another human being so what Muslim kafir zindiq hindi whatever Yahudi doesn't matter we don't cremate anybody in Islam Can we buy miniatures, models, so we can play Dungeons and Dragons? For an adult, no. Statues and... Uh, statues and toys like that are not permitted for adults. But if you're a child, then yes. All alone in the castle, or in my castle, that's not the position of the Ashada and the Maturidiyah. What's the question? Adam salam, the position is he forgot or he was tricked by Iblis. He did not knowingly disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because he's a Nabi. Where is that? It sounds very odd and Allah ta'ala doesn't play games like this. No. Allah ta'ala doesn't outwardly command one thing and inwardly command another thing. Shockwave, the new X-Man, is here. Latif, he enjoyed the panel with Yasir Qadi. Can you do it again? Yes, inshallah, we can. Why not?
Is the 124,000 Prophets Hadith authentic? Uh, not authentic to the point that we make jazm, and the Ash'ari position is that we do not make jazm on those, on the number of Prophets, in fear of leaving somebody out. So if you say there's 124,000 Prophets, what if there was more? You may be leaving somebody out. So we don't make jazm of that. Jazm means to statement with certainty. Right, if anything comes from Facebook, could you read it for me? Sarah, what's that? Yeah. Can you open it up? You, you read it for us. Sarah Soleil, he says, Can I combine Sunnah with Qada? And the answer is, La. You cannot. The Qada is a Fard, and the Sunnah is a Sunnah. And a Sunnah and a Fard cannot be mixed. AA, the pressure of the entire humankind in the backbone of Adam, alayhi salam. That has an impact with them entering the world. Is that right? I don't understand if you can clarify, please. Wolf in the Madiki Madhab. Is the goatee section of the beard supposed to be left alone or could it be trimmed like the sides? Well, in one of the opinions that Sheikh Zuhair shared, that is a strong opinion in Madiki Madhab, the beard is what the society of Muslims would call a beard. And in another opinion, the fist length is the sunnah. Can we combine Salah for hardship like sickness and hard to get out of bed is a question by Armin S. You can combine that Salah in a image of combination that is not a real combination which is for example praying Dhuhr at the end of Dhuhr then waiting like a minute or two for the Adhan of Asr to come in then you pray Asr. That's how the sick can combine their Salah. Yeah. Or if you fear that you're going to, to faint, okay, that may be a different discussion if someone is constantly fainting. But if it's just a matter of tired, then no, there's not justification to combine your salah because I'm totally tired. Yes? Yafi is asking, how can we stay strong in Islam? How do all of these shaykhs and shaykhs have so much barakah from Allah? Is there a secret, some good deed or knowledge they have that gets all of their du'ats answered? There's no secret and it's simply, if you want to be strong, hang out with people who are strong. If you want to be rich, hang out with the rich. If you want to be, be, be ripped, hang out with people who are ripped. Why? They'll show you the way to get ripped. If you want to be strong in... If you're getting a PhD, hang out with other PhD students. If you're going to medical school, hang out with... I worry about us. I don't know if he's going to go. He's <laughs> hanging out with Talab al I haven't seen him say one thing about a cell, a femur, uh, a stethoscope, nothing. Right? But maybe you do have that job on the side, right? That no. you go to. He's okay. constantly calling out. He wants to hang out with Talab al-Ilm, right? So uh, if you want to be a person with strong deen, hang out with people of strong deen. It, it is not a trick. There is no secret. It's that simple. If you can't, travel to them. Watch their videos. Move. If you truly have sidq in the matter. Sidq. Move. Sidq is acting upon what you truly want and believe. Nabila says, what's your prescription when there's something you want so deeply, but it consists of major life changes and uncertainty. Well, if you truly want it, you will bear with the changes. You will accept the, the changes that are necessary, if you really want it. Okay. And if you really want it, you think of the beauty of the goal and the happiness and how you feel about the goal. Right? The, the result. How, how does that make you feel? That's what's going to keep your... That's the gasoline of action, is the feeling of thinking about your goal, right? And you feel so happy. I want it so badly. I'll do anything. I want it more than air. 
You'll do anything. How are we doing on the camera today? Is, the, is it plugged in? Yeah. Okay, good. Ask them, can you do a podcast on Tehajid? Yes, we can. R2D2 says, gender seems a pertinent topic in the world, especially in terms of biology. But is the Rue 7 created with a predisposed nature for being masculine or feminine? Could you look up what is the Rue 7 he's talking about? The Ruh. The Ruh. Oh, the Ruh. <laughs> I'm not familiar with that. The, uh, <laughs> I just thought about that couple minutes ago, but it kind of looks like it. It's a ha, right? Yeah, it does look like a ha. Um, is the Ruh male or female? Allahu alam if the Ruh is male or female, to be honest with you. You do not know much about the Ruh. But you are always a male and female. When you die and go into the barzakh, you'll be, a, you'll be yourself. Nothing will change. Ali Raghib says, I'm so constrained by time that I pray while driving. Is that okay? No. Do you go to the bathroom while driving? You go to the bathroom, right? You don't go to the bathroom while driving. So if you have a way to go to the bathroom, you have a way to pray. Are we close to the time of Imam al-Mahdi? Allahu alam. But many, many of the signs, and, and Habib Omar said, m- much of the signs, more uh, of the majority of the signs have come, the minor signs have come, but the hardest and the biggest have yet to come. How does one speak to his father regarding marriage if the father b- believes the cultural way is the Islamic way? Um, maybe you could get an uncle to help you. Maybe you can get an elder to help you. Maybe you can get someone to help you so that it's not just you versus your dad. And that may seem like, a, like um, you're conflicting. So you might want to uh, um, get someone to join you in the conversation and explain legitimately. You know, like, I like this girl, but you know, I can't marry her because of this, that, and the other. And just be open and honest. I always feel that the honest way is the best. It may be the hardest, but it's the best. Bilal Siddiqui. If I'm praying Sunnah as a Hanafi, we don't have our resident Hanafi with us today. Okay? And someone tries to join and pray their Fad behind me. Should I stop them or allow them to join me? No, you stop them. Push them away. Say no. Is the Sunnah to pray four rakahs before and after Dhuhr or four before and two after? It's four before and four after. While doing two before and two after is also, yeah, they're, both, they're all Sunnah. But the after is four as well. Uwais says, perhaps I missed it, but did you respond to the question about Imwata Imam Madik's chapters to focus on? I didn't miss, I missed that. Can you retype it, please? Caitlin says, if we gave up on a du'a because it didn't materialize, but we're now feeling pulled to start making the same du'a again, does that mean Allah wants to give it to us? Inshallah ta'ala it does. You should have husnad dhanna billah. Nothing from face? Uh, from the face? Like, there was a few questions. I can okay. read them up. Um, someone said... Uh, I think probably you were talking about it before I was here. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned that the jumping is not allowed. What about the hadra? No, I didn't say it's not allowed. I said that it's differed upon while doing dhikr. The shafi'iyah permit it openly. This is nothing that they're secret fiqh or something. Their videos are online. Shafi'i scholars and some latter Madiki scholars, They per- why they said jumping is permitted and dhikr is permitted. So combining them is permitted. But... Others have said, no, this is not the adab of dhikr, right? So it's something that is different upon by the fuqaha. I'm not here to, to make any group happy or unhappy, just to tell you what the fiqh ruling is, right? This is very important, by the way, as an ethic of knowledge. Just transmit the knowledge as it is out there. Don't worry who's going to be happy and who's not. That's my job. If you want to be happy, that's entertainment. 
right? Go to the movies for that. Watch a comedian, if that's the case. Go to a therapist if you want to feel good. But the, Because many people there, oh, I don't want to say this is going to be controversial. Just say what the ulama have said openly and publicly. It's not my problem. And I'll tell you what I promote. A dhikr should be with waqar. Sitting down with humility, with waqar. That's how we're taught to do dhikr. Another question. Yes. Um, this is a hadith from Auf bin Malik radiallahu anhu who reports that the Prophet said, the rest of the world will be destroyed 40 years before Asham is. And this is in Ibn Asakir. I don't know. Ibn Asakir. Is this a reliable hadith? Not that I know of. No. Ali Raghib says, I actually have, in emergencies, used the bathroom while driving. All right. He got us on that one. You need to pull over and pray standing. Right? Now you may be a traveler. That's the other thing you may consider. In that case, you can combine your prayers. Uh, uh, ben Jamil says, A.R. Ben Jamil says, do you have recommendations on how we can review fiqh books that you already studied? Watch the videos or listen to the lectures of other different commentaries upon them. I recently obtained a copy, says Uwais, of the Muatta of Malik with Sharh. And I'm Hanafi. Any chapters to focus on? Yeah, all of it. I wouldn't say there's one specific chapter over another. Faridinho, I guess he's uh, Portuguese, Brazilian. I started saying one salam to the right after every salah because you said there is more delete for one taslim. That's correct. All the madahib say the salah is done with one taslim. They differed on the second taslim, whether it's a sunnah all the time or sunnah only if someone's on your left. That's the difference between the Madikiyah and the others. Okay. When praying with others, should I do two taslim? Yeah, if they're going to be confused out of their minds and they're going to think you're some, um, something funny is going on, then do not bother the people and do not try to instigate some shock with them. Zahra says, sometimes I feel anxious to fall asleep and the Quran helps me fall asleep. Should I not do that? Uh, yeah, and you should sleep... Listen to the Quran with the intention of listening. And if you can do, listen to adhkar, adhkar and dua, try to do that instead. But, what's that? Sleep of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, yes. And for example, if you could listen for a while, then, then turn it off as you doze off. How's that as a middle ground? Right, you listen to that as you're dozing off, stop it. Can you share good things that happen to you with others barring hasad? Yes, you can. You can share good things that happen to you with those who love you and will not have jealousy towards you. Ali Raghib, Jazakallah khairan. May Allah Ta'ala increase us in mahabba for Allah's sake. As ikhwan fillah. Are prawns halal in the Hanafi madhab? Do you remember that answer, Uthman? Shrimp. Differed upon the Bengalis, yeah. Hanafis, they eat shrimp. Yeah, I think it's on culture. Culture. The scholars. Yeah, so it's differed upon. Apparently, I can't answer for that if they get upset. What's an ashari? The word ashari is a madhab in aqidah, in answering new questions that came up after the time of the Sahaba, Radwanullahi alayhim, and it is the madhab followed by 
the Hanaf, uh, the Madikis and the Shafi's. That's what unifies the Madikis and the Shafi's. The other madhab is called Maturidi, and that is followed by the Hanafis. And the Han- Hanbalis have their own madhab. It's called the Hanbali madhab of Aqidah. Alone in the castle, the Ash'aris say that Adam was outwardly commanded not to eat the fruit. Can you show us um, an, uh, a, a quote from the Ash'ara to say that? Because that's very odd, in my opinion. Nabila says, what's your prescription? Something uh, We answered that. We answered a bunch of these. Is chess halal... For the chef, eh? they have expressly stated its permissibility. That's something that helps you think, helps you plan and be patient and stuff. Latif, what happens if you were involved in a cremation of a bone Muslim and didn't know what you just said? Yeah, yastaghfirullah. He, he makes istighfar and, and moves on. That's it. There was a question, um, yeah. can there be female prophets? No, there cannot be female prophets. There aren't female prophets. Because they would need to lead the Salah. They would need to be fought, right? And their husbands would have to permit that. They would, need, they would be cursed. And that would not be permitted, you know, for... That's not something Allah wants for them. Prophets have to be fought. They are fought. Uh, what does it mean? Nothing that starts on the day of... On Wednesday which commence Wednesday, except that it will reach its completion. I've never heard that. Never heard that. What's your opinion on spiritual abuse? Okay, let's take a look at definition of spiritual abuse. Um, I think, number one, it's a very vague definition. But we can talk about harm. And that is where somebody who is viewed as an authority in the deen is extracting benefit from a person in a manner that harms that person. That's what we would consider abuse. Forget spiritual otherwise. Abuse. So let's say a brother likes me because he's learning from me, so he loves me. I take advantage of that to get him to mow my lawn, right? To get him to go pick up my kids, to get him to pay, donate when I know he's poor and he needs the money. To get him to uh, drive me around. To the point that it's harming his life. And I'm not even considerate of that. That's spiritual abuse. That is abuse of power. right? It's an abuse. To the point that it's harming him. That's why it's very good don't ask people favors. And don't accept them from anybody. Don't ask for favors and don't accept them. Yeah, and if people do... um, favors for you it should be just from them from their heart and don't push it and don't signal it either I have uh, Imam Adar-Dir mm-hmm. is translated to English but his uh, sayings on Adam Arde's let's read it Get, uh, bring your mic and read it so there's apparent contraventions in the uh, attributes of the Prophet or, the messengers are infallible 
as mentioned previously, and therefore it is inconceivable that they disobey Allah Ta'ala in any way, shape, or form. However, there are numerous instances where it appears that certain messengers have engaged in sinful acts. For example, when Adam salam ate from the forbidden tree, or, or when Ibrahim salam pointed towards and blamed the large idol for destructing the other idols, when in reality it was he who had destroyed them, or when he said, I am ill, when he was not, or when he said regarding his, his wife Sarah, this is my sister, and so on. The apparent deduction is that these contraventions of the sacred law are contraventions of the sacred law. However, these events must be interpreted in a way that preserves the infallibility of the prophets. Uh, uh, Tuftazani says, <clears throat> whatever has been reported about the prophets in which falsehood and disobedience is ascribed to them is to be rejected if it is recorded by way of individual narrations. And when it comes by way of Tawatr, it is to be interpreted beyond its literal meaning whenever possible. Otherwise, it is possible to explain it as a case of doing the less preferable of two actions or as something that happened before the prophetic mission. Therefore, it has been said that Adam ate the fruit from the tree forgetfully and that Ibrahim said the large one as a way of proving to them that the idol has no power and they said I am ill to mean that his ultimate end is towards illness and death and he said this is my sister to mean this is my sister in Islam can you post uh, the link for that book that's the answer for you yeah. so it is as we said we interpret it and we hold to that prophets are sinless they do not disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala how do you feel about the 99th live stream? I mean, I'm, I'm really happy that Allah has given us the gift to do da'wah. And I pray that Allah Ta'ala never takes it away. And in order, if we don't want Allah to take it away, then we respect it. Respect. Respect the process. Respect everything about da'wah. So Allah never takes it away from us that we have these halaqat. And I also pray that we never have us, we never slacken. Right, that we always keep going up and up and up until Allah Ta'ala takes us away. Right, until we die. Ruh is asking the question of, you know, like the story where Imam Malik, he got his uh, arms, like he was, he, he got his punishment from the Sultan and his arms were broken. And the Salafiyyah, they say that this is why he does Sadl. So, is this like, did the story itself happen? Or, Malik, was, Malik was given that punishment and he was hit. Right. But whether he broke his arm or not, Allahu Alam, and that's not the reason that he did Sadl. Don't you think he did? You think that you know better than the, the people who lived with him at the time. Are they fools? That yeah. they don't know why he's praying like that? How did he make sujood? How did he go down hands first when he broke his arms? It's just completely obnoxious. A group of people come and try to analyze a madhab they're not even part of. Right. You're not even part of the Senate. You're clueless. So nothing that you have to say about Imam Malik has any value whatsoever. Simple as that. Yeah. And because um, we went over this um, in our class a couple of weeks ago, um, even in the Mudawana, mm -hmm. when Imam Malik says, I do not know of this, this is this really what he means by this is that this is Amal Ahl al Medina. Mm -hmm. So all of the times where he says, I do not know of this, what he's saying is that the, the Amal Ahl al Medina is the opposite. Yeah. Thank you. Because they asked him about what about putting your hands like this in the Fadr's prayer. He says, I never heard of this. Meaning, that's not the Amal of Ahl al-Medina. Is the mis... Uh, okay. Why did Sayyidina Umar prohibit mut'ah when it's allowed in the Qur'an? No. The Prophet wasallam is the one who forbade, uh, 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 prohibited mut'ah marriages two times. 
before he died, Sayyidina Umar is merely re-announced the prohibition for those who weren't there because the prohibition took place outside of Medina. Sayyidina Umar re-announced it in Medina. And mut'a that is mentioned in the Qur'an is not the mut'a, it means gifts. In, in the context of the Qur'an, when the word mut'a is used, it means gifts. Right? It means gifts. It doesn't mean do mut'a marriage. For those who don't know, mut'a marriage is a temporary marriage. So you say to somebody, hey, let's marry for half an hour. Let's marry for two days. Let's marry for three weeks. It was a practice of the Arabs that was considered legitimate at the time because a man would be traveling far for trade and he would stop somewhere and he would be exhausted. He needs food. He needs rest. And a woman, her job would be to offer trap, like a hotel basically. And she had uh, one of the deals where you could marry me. Okay? And we could live as husband and wife all right, for a set period of time in a contract. So that was forbidden by the Messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and it was a, the funny thing is that it was also forbidden again as a repetition of the Prophet's um, a reannouncement of the Prophet's prohibition by Sayyidati. Right? Sayyidati is the one who narrates that. Is a misyar marriage makruh? Misyar marriage, if I'm not, um, if I'm remembering it correctly, is when a person, a woman. She puts away, uh, she, she uh, discards her rights. She said, You don't have to visit me. You don't have to take care of me financially. You don't have, just visit me every once in two weeks or every once a month. That type of marriage is considered haram because it's not, it's, you're getting into a contract without any intent of actually living like a married life. Is the closest mosque praise Asr on Hanafi? If the closest mosque praise Asr on Hanafi time. Is it allowed to pray there, also there, even if you are a Maliki? Yes. Is investing in crypto halal, says Meme Maria? The answer is yes, and some have considered it forbidden. So it's different upon matters, but it is permitted, according to many. Does having husnadhan actively increase chance of ijaba? 100%. Is there an online aspect of Darul Fat? No, everything online is called ArcView. You know, everything that we do online is through ArcView. And eventually the scholarship track classes will have a lot of advanced classes there too. For Wednesday and Friday, how you'll suggest we make du'a? Keep raising your hands for two or three hours between Asr and Dhuhr and Asr on Wednesday. Every once in a while make du'a or sit for a session of 20 minutes and, make, and do ibadah and du'a. For Fridays... From Asr to Maghrib, closer to Maghrib time, is a time to sit down and do some ibadah and do dua. 20-30 minutes. If you keep doing this per- consistently, then inshallah ta'ala, one of these days you will make the hour of ijabah. Vantiview says, studying in a Muslim country, myself, and I still find it tough to get religious students or at least on the same page of working on spirituality. Hmm. You go to a masajid and find some good friends. Go to see see where there are circles of knowledge. Find some good friends and make a little crew. Yunus Awan, I'll be quite sad when I return to school and I can't catch the live stream. Yeah, we had we had. Uh, a lot of 
high schoolers and less than that. Where's uh, slicing the mango today? A lot of the kids were out. Yeah. Is there a difference of opinion, says Dino, about a female? Can she be a prophet? Why does the argument matter? What does it change? That's a good question. Uh, but there are some who've said a female could be a prophet. Right. It is there. Yeah, I think that the Maturidi uh, position, if I'm yeah. not mistaken, is that it's not necessary, like it's not mandatory, like wajib on mm-hmm. them. Um, however, none of the prophets have been female. Yeah, none of the prophets have been so female. The so it's not something saying, scripturally or rationally impossible, Right. but there just hasn't been any. Exactly. Yeah. It was along those lines. Okay. Yeah. Allahu Adam. No. R2D2. Yeah, we answered that question. Ekumazi says... I read the translation to Salawat Tibiyah. Shifa is in Allah's hands. Can you break down the translation? I was raised as a Salafi, so I still have misunderstanding. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammadin. Oh Allah, we ask you Salah upon, bestow your blessings on the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Okay. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammadin. And then we describe the Prophet as Tibbil Qulub. The Prophet is the doctor of hearts. He's the medicine of the hearts, right? Your heart has shirk. Your heart has false beliefs, superstitions, okay? Fears. The Prophet's teaching come, Prophet comes with teaching to remove all that. Is he not Afiyat al Abdan? The Prophet is Afiyat al Abdan. He is, see, when we call the Prophet the cure, it means, it does not necessarily mean he is the source of the cure, he is the deliverer of the cure, right? He is delivering for us the cure of the bodies. Does he not remove khamar from us, drugs from us, and his fasting and his salah, all this helps our body. So when we describe the Prophet as he is the source of the light of our insight, that does mean that he is the means by which... So when you say he's he's the... uh, source of it, it, it uh, or he's the cause of our being salvaged or he's our salvation when we say that it means it could mean he's the source or the means and of course we know that the prophet is the means Allah is the source he's the means but when we say that it doesn't neg- it's, when we say he's our, our salvation it could mean the source or the means and of course we know that it means he's the means okay hope that answers the question okay so I hope that answers your question yeah Akumazi Nabila says what's your prescription when there's something you want so deeply we answered that and we said keep focusing on how you would feel about the goal the receiving it the end result and that should move you on Aslam says that's cap and he gave away his age by saying that. Okay. He's probably in high school. Okay. Why do the Madakia have the best drip? I know what the drip is, by the way. Okay. Uh, I know that term because of my hanging around with youth. Alhamdulillah, Ahl al Maghrib, they really they do have the best uh, clothes and the most beautiful buildings and everything. And it's a beautiful environment. The West Mediterranean is amazing. You got the Atlantic Ocean right there. We got, subhanAllah, some other things that Ryan will delete in a second. I don't know why they come and bother us. We didn't even mention. 
We didn't even mention anything. SubhanAllah. Is, it, is birthdays and anniversaries, what is the ruling on them? Neither is it a sunnah of our deen, nor is it haram. But what happens in it could be haram, and you can get rewarded from it. For example, you show love, you give somebody a gift, you get rewarded for that, birthday or no birthday. Uh, you specify that day to do it, neither is it rewarded, nor is it uh, forbidden to specify that day. Uh, but if there's excess and you're giving out a big birthday uh, uh, invitation and all these people come and they're like, oh, we got to you know, put on a smile and buy this guy a gift. And now they're, you know that the expenses are tight. Now this makruh for you to do that, to, to burden people like that. Uh, and then also maybe you open them up to sadness because they might not have what you have. I mean, seriously, some people have birthday parties. I think it's in excess themed birthday party for an eight-year-old themed it's got a theme to it so you got to go out to the store and buy you know something to wear related to that theme so it's haraj on people right it's just like excess it's you're making them spend money and take time out all that stuff okay i mentioned crypto and all the bots popped up says akumazi Maybe that's the case, yeah. Hmm. AA says, if you read Asr times Shafi'i and sometimes Hanafi, um, that's not the issue. The issue is Dhuhr. Do you play games with the Dhuhr? So that, oh, I'm late. Uh, I'll pray Dhuhr into the Hanafi time, no problem. That's where you can fall into sinfulness. But the Asr time is you can delay it up to half the time to Maghrib. What's the ruling on being able to pray Aisha roughly 20 minutes after Maghrib time? I think uh, from when I talked to the son of Murabat al-Hajj, Sheikh Abdul Rahman, he said an hour and 20 minutes. 20 minutes is a bit... I didn't, I didn't hear about 20 minutes. You heard anything about that, Oz? 20 minutes? I didn't hear about that. Um, Shabab Saeed says, Islam permits you to pray in suju with the... Language in in sujood only the Maliki Madhab allows for you to use your own language, and if you cannot speak Arabic, it's halal for you. If you can and you still use your own language, it's just makru. Okay. All right, we're going to take a couple more questions. What's the best recitation for sickness if no medicine is working? As salat at tibiya. Guarantee you that. I can guarantee you that. I read somewhere that Allah loves the simple du'a. That is correct. How do I adhere to simplicity? You summarize the matter. So they say, for example, do you say, for example, oh Allah, I want to marry somebody. She should be 5'4". She should have blue eyes. She should be like this, that, and the other. You should, that is what's not the way of the Prophet ﷺ. Neither is it haram, but it's not... Invalidate your du'a or anything and angering Allah. No, but it's not the way. Let's just say someone who I find beautiful. That's enough. Someone pious in your eyes and beautiful in my eyes. Something like beautiful in my eyes and your eyes. Like that. So summarize it. Summarize. Why? Allah's trying to help you. You can't do this all the time. Every sujood, you're going to read this long paragraph. Okay? No. And then you finalize your du'a. Fi khayr wa In goodness and in gentleness and in protection from harms. That's how you do it. LG De Leon, you're here. Assalamu alaikum. Great to see you. 
friend from the Dominican Republic. Saram says, anyone hear about the bulldozer in the New Jersey India parade? No, I never heard about it. What is it? Interesting. Corey Belsano, why my question keeps being skipped? Well, I didn't even see it. Let me keep going back to see it. Corey Balsano. Here, assalamu alaikum. If you work and you're driving at night 300 miles, can I combine Maghrib and Aisha? There is, but there is fear of wild dogs and bears. Yes, you can combine Maghrib and Aisha, but there can't possibly be fear of wild dogs and bears the entire time, can there? Like from Asr time, you go. And you're traveling as a truck driver or a taxi driver or you're going to a place of work and you're going to arrive at Fajr. You're driving the entire time. You are a traveler. You have the right to pray traveling. Combine your salah. But is it true? Is it possible that the entire time there's wild dogs and bears? Then the Sharia would require you to take an exit. Go out, find a, a, um, a safe spot and make your salah. Go to a station or something. A rest stop and make your salah. If there is a ha- no halal option, is it okay to take an interest-based student loans? I cannot tell you it's okay. I'm not a mufti, uh, so I cannot tell you that it's halal to do that. Jennifer Friel, 744, has a question. I read once that if you make dua for a matter of dunya in your sujood, it invalidates your salah, not in the Madiki Madhab. And I don't know the ruling on the Hanafi method. Maybe they consider that makruh. And they, they say that anything that you could ask another person. Right? That's their opinion on that. But in the Madiki method, we have no such prohibition or haraj. Sujood is made to ask Allah your needs. Of the dunya, if you want something of the dunya, or of the deen, or of the akhirah. What is the name of the salah for curing illness? It's called As-Salah At-Tibbiyyah. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammadin Tibb al-Qulubi wa dawaiha wa afiyat al-abdani wa shifaiha wa nur al-abusari wa diyaiha wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. It was authored, some say, by Sidi Ahmed al-Darjir. Did you guys know that? Some say it was authored by Sidi Ahmed al-Darjir. Salah al-Shifa? Salah al-Tibbiyyah, yeah. And uh, that's the earliest tr- chain back, the only chain back that we ever have ever seen is from Sidi Ahmed al-Dardi. Jennifer Friel said, is allowed to make dua in any language? Yes, in any language, it is permitted if you cannot speak Arabic. It is makruh if you can speak Arabic. So I, let's say I can ex- express myself in Arabic. Makruh for me to say it in English. If I cannot express myself in Arabic, maybe there's some things I can't express that I could use in English. Is it true your lips must move for any dhikr except la ilaha illallah? Uh, when we're talking about the adhkar and the Qur'an of the salah, such as the tasbih, the Qur'an, Allahu Akbar, Sami Allah, Limin Hamidah, you must move your lips. When you go down for sujood and make dua, you don't have to move your lips, it could be in your heart. Outside of salah, whenever there's adhkar of the morning, of the evening, that this dhikr promises you that, protection or otherwise, the adhkar tasbih, you have to move your lips. Every other dhikr that you want to do, it could be in your heart. But literally speaking though, she is correct that there is no other dhikr except la ilaha illallah that does not involve your lips. I think she meant that. 
That literally you don't have to move your lips to say La ilaha illallah, you only have to move your tongue. Because it's the only dhikr that does not have a lip requiring letter. I think that's what she meant. And that in that case then it's yes. If you have access to the internet, is it sinful not to learn Arabic? It is sinful to not learn the tajweed of Surah Al-Fatiha and at least one surah of the Qur'an. You don't have to learn the name of the rules, but you must learn Surah Al-Fatiha with correct tajweed, removing the major errors, what they call khata jali, so that your salah can be valid. That is an obligation. But to learn grammar in Arabic and all those, it is highly recommended, but not an obligation. Is it haram to work in a restaurant that sells alcohol if you're not serving it? If it is a regular restaurant and you can only serve the people, the veg- vegetarian or the non-forbidden foods, and the rest, but the restaurant is not dedicated to alcohol or khamr, uh, khanzir, and it just has some, then inshallah that job is not forbidden for you. But of course it will be safer for you and better to not work in a building that has alcohol in it. Okay. Let's see if Corey Balsano answered or responded about how there's got to be a way where the people can, you know, be safe to exit their cars for 300 miles. Is it true? Chief Latif says every time you give up something haram, Allah gives you something better. Every single time. Yes, it is true. It's 3.15. We're going to wrap up soon. Sophia, reposting is a sign of hypocrisy or lack of sincerity that someone hasn't enough discipline to memorize and revise the Qur'an, get up for Tahajjah to read it. It is not hypocrisy, it is weakness, that's it. Weakness is strengthened by, you can make up weakness by persistence and eventually you'll get there. I have lost hope in true happiness in this dunya. My family is in stark disagreement. How do I reconcile with my mother and my family? Well, one of my little tricks that I have is that I... Uh, if you can mentally imagine yourself already at the goal that you were seeking, then work your way backwards, right? I, don't, I never wrote a novel, and I found it hard that how people write novels, but I always thought that if you're going to write a novel, the, the best way to write a novel is to write the first chapter and then the last chapter, then work your way backwards, Right? How, how did we get here? That will force you to come up with unique ideas. Right? But you have to have the goal in mind. Okay? And that's where, if you could sort of visualize that and imagine it and believe it. Because when the Prophet said, pray while you're certain of the ijabah, well, how do I be certain of the ijabah? i got to try to imagine, my, psych myself, that it's already done. It's a done deal. But we're just working towards it now. But uh, worst case scenario, how do I reconcile with my mother and my family? Where there is a will, there is a way. Because I don't know your specific situation, I can just give you the general rule. Where there is a will, there is a way. If you have the will to do it, you will find a way. It doesn't have to be, you won't succeed the first time, I guarantee you. Second time, third time, fourth time. But where there is a will, there is a way. And when only crime is giving up. You're only dead when you give up. Wolf says, how, do you, how one in the Madiki opinion, we answered that. How do we truly de- determine what is 
deemed a beard. It's what the pious Muslims and the scholars at that time considered to be a beard. That was is Qadir uh, Iyad talks about that, right? Qadir Iyad talks about that. But uh, whenever anything is orfi, you look at the pious people, the people who pray and fast. What do they consider it? You know that definition to be. Chief Latif says, I have dreams of things happen in a couple weeks. They do happen. Is there a basis? Yes, there is a basis. It's yani Allah giving you something, uh, you know, is giving you something that, uh, knowledge of something to come for a various wisdom. All right, Lily Rose wants her questions answered. Hey, reminder everyone to become a patron at patreon.com backslash Safina site. It's right there. And you can become a YouTube member, and that's how you support the ongoing, that this live stream will continue to go on. Thank you, Sophia, for the reminder. Um, where is Lily Rose's comment that, so that we haven't org- uh, ignored her? What's the best way to assist in salawats on the Prophet to assist in clearing uncertainty in personal matters? What's the best salawats for that is not a specific salah, but repetition a lot high number a thousand two thousand three thousand mm. okay Sophia's question alhamdulillah we answered mm. is it ambitious is it wrong to be ambitious in the dunya uh, it is wrong if and only if that ambition takes precedent and priority over seeking rida Allah. That's where it's wrong, but otherwise not. Can you do a video, says Levon Brown, on the livelihoods of the scholars of the past? All right, I think it was here that someone said all the Ottoman caliphs were required to learn a trade before leading. Yeah. Many, many of them were merchants. They, they sold stuff. If someone has wronged you in the past, there's no way of accountability or repair between husband and wife, he's not willing to listen to anyone except his teacher abroad. How should that woman deal with him? It's basically like a stubborn person. Husband, actually. He won't listen to anybody except to sheikh. And you have no access to his sheikh. I wish I had an answer, to be honest with you. But some people, that only works with a hard ultimatum. If I have an answer, I'll, I'll say it. But right now, I don't. Is Najashi considered a Sahabi or Tabi? A Tabi. Thoughts about a person taking from another madhab, not necessarily for ease, but for devotional matters, matter to draw near to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I don't think that that's the blameworthy mixing of madhabs. I don't think that that's the that's not the blameworthy. The blameworthy of mixing of madhabs is something that makes is for your nafs. But something where you feel that I'm going to draw nearer to Allah through this, I think that that's not the blameworthy mixing of madhabs and Allah knows best. What is the way to read Dala'irul Khairat? A chapter a day. It's broken up into you for seven chapters and do a chapter a day. That's the best. That's what he meant it for. He broke it up in seven chapters for that reason. Okay, Mahamza, Hamza 9 
If something is meant for you from an Islamic perspective, how do you know? Don't worry about the future. And don't, uh, sorry, don't worry about what is meant for you or not. That's a, the business of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For you, you just work about going and getting what you're looking for. That's, that's our business. Going after what we're looking for, having husnadhan billah, and we don't say, is it meant for me, is it not meant for me? That's Allah's business. The Prophet never told you to get involved in that. We are told to believe that Allah will answer us and to go for it. That's it. All right, we can only do, I didn't see Lily Rose's question at all. Fortunately. Oh, here it is. Well, she's talking to Snake Juice. What's up with these names? Okay. It's a newcomer. Yeah. He's talking a lot. Though. What is Snake Juice saying? I can't see him. Oh, there he is. Snake Juice. Atheists are like ants on a piece of paper that cannot lift their eyes from the ink or the pen they see before them. Thus, they fail to see who is writing. It's Imam al-Ghazali. Good quote. Good quote. Folks, we now turn to a very, very important matter. And before that, Ibrahim Khan does riya only apply to ibadah. Yes, it, riya is only for ibadah. Showing off anything else, like showing off my nice clothes, my nice phone, my nice car, is bad manners. Okay, uh, H4 Abrar says, can we kill snake? Is it permissible? Yes, if it's a pest. Likewise, any other pest, like lizards, cockroaches, all those things, you can kill them. Um, if they are pests. If it's a little garden snake that's not bothering you, then yes, but if it starts to bother you, then you can kill it as well. All right, so we are now turning to the dua of, we read every Wednesday, and it is the wird of Hizb al-Nasr, Sayyidina al-Imam al-Haddad. They recite this usually every day after Dhuhr. However, you know, we're reciting this as our dua of Wednesday and then we take a silent dua afterwards for a few minutes because we believe, having taken full faith of the hadith of Sayyidina Jabir ibn Abdullah, that the Prophet ﷺ made dua on Monday, Monday, he wasn't answered. He made dua on Tuesday, he wasn't answered. He made dua on Wednesday and he was answered. And the time was between Dhuhr and Asr. Sayyidina Jabir ibn Abdul and the, he was given a sign that his dua will be answered soon. Sayyidina Jabir ibn Abdullah, this is the fiqh of a companion. He said, I then took it that that timing is a time of ijabah. And every time I would have a need, I would make dua on Wednesday between Dhuhr and Asr. And the sign that Allah will answer me was shown to me. He received a sign. And so we latch on to that. And we initiate this group du'a every Wednesday between Dhuhr and Asr. <coughs> Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim Inna fatahna laka fatham mubina Liyaghfira laka Allahu ma taqaddama min dhambika wa ma ta'akhar wa yutimna matahu alayka wa yahdiyaka suratam mustaqima wa yansuraka Allahu nasran aziza وكان عند الله وجهها وجيا في الدنيا والآخرة ومن المقربين وجهت وجهي للذي فطر السماوات والأرض بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نصر من الله وفتح قريب وبشر المؤمنين يا أيها الذين آمنوا كونوا أنصار الله كما قال عيسى بن مريم للحواريين من أنصاري إلى الله قال الحواريون نحن أنصار الله 
الله لا إله إلا هو الحي القيوم لا تأخذه سنة ولا نوم له ما في السماوات وما في الأرض من ذا الذي يشفع عنده إلا بإذنه يعلم ما بين أيديهم وما خلفهم ولا يحيطون بشيء من علمه إلا بما شاء وسع كرسيه السماوات والأرض ولا يؤده حفظهما وهو العلي العظيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لو أنزلنا هذا القرآن على جبل لرأيته خاشعا متصدعا من خشية الله وتلك الأمتان نضربها للناس لعلهم يتفكرون هو الله الذي لا إله إلا هو عالم الغيب والشهادة هو الرحمن الرحيم هو الله الذي لا إله إلا هو الملك القدوس السلام المؤمن المهيمن العزيز الجبار المتكبر سبحان الله عما يشركون هو الله الخالق البارئ المصور له الأسماء الحسنى يسبح له ما في السماوات والأرض وهو العزيز الحكيم أعيد نفسي بالله تعالى من كل ما يسمع بأذنين ويبصر بعينين ويمشي برجلين ويبطش بيدين ويتكلم بشفتين حصنت نفسي بالله الخالق الأكبر من شر ما أخاف وأحذر من الجن والإنس وأيحضرون عز جاره وجل ثناؤه وتقدست أسماؤه ولا إله غيره اللهم إني أجعلك في نحور أعدائي وأعوذ بك من شرورهم وتحيلهم ومكرهم ومكائدهم أطفئ نار من أراد بعداوة من الجن والإنس يا حافظ يا حفيظ يا كافي يا محيط سبحانك يا رب ما أعظم شأنك وعز سلطانك تحصنت بالله وبأسماء الله وبآيات الله وملائكة الله وأنبياء الله ورسل الله الصالحين من عباد الله حصنت نفسي بلا إله إلا الله محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم اللهم احرسني بعينك التي لا تنام واكنفني بكنفك الذي لا يرام وارحمني بقدرتك علي فلا أهلك وأنت ثقتي ورجائي يا غياث المستغيثين يا غياث المستغيثين يا غياث المستغيثين يا درك الهالكين يا درك الهالكين يا درك الهالكين اكفني شر كل طارق يترق بليل أو نهار إلا طارق يترق بخير إنك على كل شيء قدير بسم الله أرقي نفسي من كل ما يؤذي ومن كل حاسد الله شفائي بسم الله رقيت اللهم رب الناس أذهب الباس إشفي أنت الشافي وعافي أنت المعافي لا شفاء إلا شفاءك شفاء لا يغادر سقما ولا ألما يا كافي يا وافي يا حميد يا مجيد ارفع عني كل تاب شديد واكفني من الحد والحديد والمراض الشديد والجيش العديد واجعل لي نورا من نورك وعزا من عزك ونصرا من نصرك وبهاء من بهائك وعطاء من عطائك وحراسة من حراستك وتأييدا من تأييدك يا ذا الجلال والإكرام والمواهب العظام أسألك أن تكفيني من شر كل ذي شر إنك أنت الله الخالق الأكبر وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا طيبا مباركا فيه والحمد لله رب العالمين ظاهرا وباطنا وعلى كل حال يا أرحم الراحمين إن شاء الله وجدت كبه من السفسان الدعاء
صلى الله وبارك على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين